All right, we're here with Jeremy Werner from Illini Inquirer. We're going to talk all things football recruiting, a little basketball. Uh, Jeremy, it's a busy time of the year, a little earlier than usual with the early signing period. What's this last couple weeks been like for you? Pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know if my wife remembers my name or if she's very happy with me right now. But, <laughs> yeah, this new, um, this new signing period was kind of an experiment this year since it was the uh, first one. And I think it's worked exactly how coaches wanted to for the most part, but it's worked a little differently too because a lot of coaches, uh, you know, lower-level coaches, the non-Alabama Georgia coaches uh, kind of wanted, you know, this to happen quicker, that their commitments, they didn't want poached from other people. And a lot more players, prospects, have committed than I thought they would. Uh, and, and coaches. A lot of people thought maybe 50, 60 percent, 70 percent, something like that would commit or, or sign on the dotted line. It's about 90 percent. There's a lot of prospects, whether it's Dallas Craddock, Luke Ford, guys who had planned on waiting until February, uh, that even they felt the crunch that, hey, that scholarship might not be available for me at one of these schools, the school I want, if I don't make my decision now. So it's put a lot of pressure on the prospects. Uh, I think it works for the coaches, but it's put more pressure on the kids themselves, which is that a great thing? We'll find out. We'll see if this changes at all uh, in the future. But it's more like basketball now. A lot of people thought that the early signing period might be kind of the JV of the signing period. Well, it's taken over as the number one uh, kind of most important date on the on the schedule because there's not going to be a lot of prospects left uh, for that February 7th date. Now, that, does that mean maybe some coach will be able to look a little deeper into some of these high school talent pools, maybe maybe re-dive into some of these kids who don't they don't have an offer right now and get a couple late offers out there? What's that mean for some of these lower-level kids, maybe the, the mid-two-stars, low-three-stars who, who might be kind of trying to find their way? What's it mean for those kids? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. I, I don't really have an answer for you right now, but um, I think there's probably, I, I saw some stats today, out of 2,900 determined division one prospects there's only going to be about four to five hundred uh unsigned at this point so i thought there'd be a lot more mac level recruits available you know those three-star kids who who commit to the mac but always get flipped at the very last moment right well a lot of those kids signed um so it's gonna be very interesting but in the big 10 especially filled up a lot of their classes the sec did acc did pac-12 is a little bit more open out west seems like those kids take a little longer to make their decisions but the midwest they've always made decisions pretty quick uh within the process so yeah i think there might be diving a little deeper for prospects um maybe it Maybe uh, the transfer market gets going a little bit more. Maybe that becomes more important. But for those few spots, there aren't that many prospects available. And, and you can't just steal from you know the smaller fish in the pool anymore because a, uh, a lot of those lower programs have already locked up their kids. So let's look at Illinois. It seems like everybody that had given a verbal, for the most part, a lot of those verbal commits have gone ahead and signed with Illinois. Uh, seems like things are kind of continuing on the track that they were projected to maybe a month and a half ago. Is that accurate? Yeah, everybody but Karan Taylor signed on the dotted line. And, uh, you know, I talked with Tim Thornton, the Peoria coach, yesterday, and the three star quarterback, of course, out of Peoria. And, uh, you know, the plan still is to sign with Illinois. There are a couple of things uh, at the end of the semester they need to clear up. 
uh, with his grades and things like that. But Illinois was still very optimistic. Tim Thornton was still very optimistic. Karan hasn't responded to requests yet. So uh, that's kind of the lingering one out there. But otherwise, uh, Illinois is pretty happy just to sign all their commits, especially some of the top ones from Florida and Texas, including four-star defensive tackle Calvin Avery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they didn't lose anybody, which is uh, the most important thing here late in the process. Uh, Braden Daniels, a Texas kid, uh, decommitted and went to Utah about a week ago. Antoine Walker uh, went to NIU after he had some great issues at Illinois. So they lost a couple of those kids, but they respond very quickly by adding three defensive backs in the last couple of days, a couple out of Florida, um, and a Juco kid out of St. Louis, Nicholas Walker. So a couple of surprises late in the process. They missed on Dallas Craddock, Deli Adeoye, but they got a big one on Friday uh, with Curtis Brown making his decision. Yes, that's exactly right. Friday is kind of the last hurdle this coming. This is on, this is Thursday when we're recording this. Tomorrow is Friday. There's still a big decision out there looming. What do we know about him? Well, Fertis Brown has been the Illinois priority since the beginning. They were the first school to offer him. Um, Fertis, it doesn't take long to know that he's Division I uh, high-level prospect. Uh, he's about 6'4", 290 pounds, and he's a great athlete as well. So he's a four-star recruit. He's what they should look like on the offensive and defensive line. He can play both those. But Illinois has made him a priority throughout. You know, Talking to all these kids, you kind of get a feel for who's genuine about their interest in Illinois. And Virtus always had a genuine interest in being a foundational piece for Illinois. Always responded to my calls, always talked glowingly about Lovey Smith, all those things. Uh, but he committed to Florida State because he went to IMG Academy for his senior season. Uh, kind of all these other kids there were picking big schools, so he goes to Florida State. But after uh, the rumors with Jimbo Fisher started ramping up, he, he decided to decommit, visit Illinois. Now, they do have competition with Minnesota and Missouri where he visited the last couple of days uh, or last couple of weeks. So uh, they do have a little bit of competition, but uh, Virtus has always thought about being that foundational piece. He's always had an emotional pull to doing that at Illinois. And for Illinois to win big battles like this, it's got to be based on emotion, not reason of, hey, here's a pros and cons list of these programs because Illinois is obviously a rebuild and you got to be bought into the, the relationships and the emotion of, of those kind of coaches. But Illinois has done a heck of a job there and now they just need to get his name on the dotted line. I think that's interesting is maybe a lot of naysayers and, and with Illinois football there certainly are many naysayers right now. Yeah. But I think a lot of the naysayers may say, how does a two-win team lock some of these guys down? But what they're not looking at, and I, I think you touched on it, is people want to be that those guys, that group, that class, that helps really propel Illinois back into into some real contention in the Big Ten, and and maybe some people overlook that. Would you agree with that? Or yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's not a majority of kids that want to do it, right? The right. majority of kids, if they have you know Iowa, Wisconsin, those kind of offers, they're going to go there. If they have SEC offers, they're going to go there. But you can find the Rick Mullins, you can find the Kendrick Greens, and and find the Virtus Browns if he chooses to go to Illinois. You can find those kids, and you got to find them and lock onto them and make sure you get them. Uh, but there is an emotional pull for kids. Some kids want to do something different. Um, they don't want to just follow. They would like to be known as the guy who changed everything around. I mean, Mark Smith for Illinois basketball Ooh. was kind of that. Um, you know, when everyone else, Io Desumu was kind of that for Illinois basketball. So you can find those kids. Uh, but you just got to make sure that when you do find him, that you land him. And that's why Vernus Brown is so important because he'd just be a headliner in Chicago. You get Ricky Smalling and Vernus Brown back-to-back, these are the kind of kids that they haven't gotten out of Chicago. And Illinois hasn't recruited the state all that well this year. So to get 
Virtus would really send another beacon to future kids that, hey, you can do it here. Be a part of this. We have guys buying into this. Um, so that, that'd be huge for Lovie Smith. Uh, real quickly, uh, you mentioned, you know, kind of along the same grain as Cron Taylor's, you mentioned Kendrick Green. Didn't get a lot of action. What I mean, I mean very briefly, what, what was up with that? Is it, did he end up redshirting? I don't remember seeing his name yep. get in. He did end up redshirting? Yeah, there are three guys who redshirted last year, and they're all defensive tackles. Because Illinois was pretty deep at that right. position, plus kind of want to balance the scholarships out a little bit. I think Kendrick could have played. I think he would have been okay for a freshman. Uh, but he came in a little bit raw at that position, but he's got great skill. I mean, we yeah. saw it in camp. Uh, he can get off the ball pretty quick. He's pretty strong for a kid, good hands. But he was just lost a little bit. I mean, most freshmen yeah. should redshirt. <laughs> it, just, it didn't happen this year at Illinois. Uh, but I still think he's got a bright future. He could play center if, if they needed to. He was really good at that. Yeah, he's actually probably been more comfortable at that during his career. Uh, but he has a high sitting as a defensive tackle. So very talented player that I'm still high on. Uh, so one of the, the guy, you know, another quarterback is MJ Rivers. Boy, his stock just went up and up and up and up as these weeks in the fall kind of progressed. What is Illinois getting with this kid, and where does he fit in this rotation? Yeah, Illinois bought that stock at the right time because uh, he sold, and uh, Illinois gained a lot on that one because uh, MJ Rivers didn't have any really other Power 5 offers, but uh, he had a big-time senior season. He transferred into Lone Star in Frisco, Texas, uh, and led his team deep into the playoffs. So we're 3,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing. He's exactly what they want in a quarterback. He's a legit 6'4". He's that tall, uh, Two hundred. 15 pounds so he's a strong kid as well but an athlete who can move the change with his feet but he prefers to stand in the pocket and throw and he's got a really really strong arm really accurate didn't throw many picks this year uh for lone star so uh he had a very good senior season illinois is really excited about him they're excited about karan they think karan could be the guy as well uh but mj rivers and karan just upgrade the talent mm -hmm. in that quarterback room which obviously they've needed so now you have a guy like Cam Thomas, who was a sprinter speed kind of guy, needs to develop as a passer, but we've seen the arm he has. You had Karan Taylor, kind of a gamer, elite runner, uh, who just needs to uh, perfect his passing a little bit. Uh, and then MJ Rivers, who, who can do a little bit of everything. So uh, they're going to be young at quarterback. They're still going to take their licks at quarterback probably next year. But the future looks a lot brighter at the quarterback position. Absolutely. Let's hop over to basketball real quick. I know you're busy, and I know there's press conferences going on here. What are you looking for Saturday? I mean, you want to talk about bringing some, some energy back to St. Louis and bringing some energy back to this rivalry. The two programs are on the up. You've got the Jeremiah Tillman factor. What are you looking for Saturday in St. Louis? A win. Uh, Illinois needs to win. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's time to get that. They've had an exciting season. I'll give them that. <laughs> you know, it's you, you've seen some some progress. Like watching Aaron Jordan and Laurent Black play really well within the system. We're seeing Trent Frazier gain all confidence, mm -hmm. and I think he can actually be a leader of this team. And I think you can see that he he, he can take over at times. Uh, he's got to learn when to do that, when to push it, when not to. Uh, but I love what I've seen out of Trent. You'd love to see Mark Smith take uh, get more consistency, take on a bigger role here. But um, we're, we're learning that this wasn't going to be easy. I mean, most of us knew. I, I picked Illinois to finish 10th. I, I didn't think they'd make an NCAA tournament, but thought they'd have a chance to. Um, but they've competed. They've come back from big uh, deficits. And tonight, or today, um, or tomorrow against uh, the Bragging Rights game, Illinois just needs to correct its mistakes. A lot of these losses that they've had, while exciting, um, 
they've shot themselves in the foot, whether it's turnovers, whether it's fouls, whether it's not getting a shot off at the right time, not running good offense in the closing minutes. You want to see them not dig themselves into big holes like they have and then be able to make winning plays at the end. we got to remember, this is a team that hasn't won anything. None of these players have won anything at this level. Well, even the veterans, Michael Finke and Laurent Black, this is their fourth year here, but they haven't won anything. Right. Um, Aaron Jordan hasn't been a part of a winning team, so they got to learn how to do that. Hopefully, the experience they've had, the failures they've had so far this season pays off in the short term and in the long term. But I want to see that against Missouri. It's good. They're a better, more athletic team than Illinois, but Illinois showed against Maryland, against Northwestern, against UNLV. They can compete, and they can beat those teams. They just got to execute better and correct their mistakes. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think it's inconceivable to look at this team, and I know a lot of people are frustrated early for, you know, probably a little too early to be frustrated, but you could easily trim two, two and a half losses off of this record, really, and and have a completely different feeling about where this program is going into Saturday's game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think it's okay to be frustrated. I think it's okay to kind of put pressure on, on this team because Illinois should have higher expectations than losing, you know, not making four NCAA tournaments in a row. Mm-hmm. So I think that pressure is, is what should be there at Illinois, but also understanding that this team could be a heck of a lot better in January and February. It could be a heck of a lot better. But the fact that they lost to New Mexico State the same way they'd lost other games, I think that's what made that one so frustrating because yep. you weren't able to correct those mistakes. So that's what you want to see against Missouri. Grand Canyon's not going to be an easy game. And then all of a sudden, here's Big Ten play, and they start off with four or five on the road. So uh, they got some opportunities here. Missouri's a big opportunity for this team. If you win this game and you beat Grand Canyon, you're feeling a lot better about yourself going into a Big Ten schedule. That's that's uh, Big Ten's pretty open right now outside of the top couple uh, teams. So there's a lot of chances for wins there. My last thing for you, Jeremy, anything to make of Jeremiah Tillman? Is this any, any more motivation for Illinois, or is it just another game that they have to win after the last few games? Yeah, I think um, you know maybe Jamal Walker spent so much time recruiting him would love to beat Jeremiah Tillman. Uh, Jeremiah's pretty talented. He's very really good. talented, and you can see games where he's great. He also can be frustrating at times. And I told fans all along uh, that he'd be frustrating because he's a freshman who follows a lot, but also he runs the floor so well, skilled, uh, athletic. Illinois needs a player like him. So that, that was a big loss for Illinois. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see how he handles the emotion more than Illinois does. Because Mark Smith knows him a little bit, of course. Uh, you know, these Illinois staff, some of the players I'm sure know about Jeremiah. Uh, but he's going to be the most talented big man out there in the court. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how Illinois attacks him and how Jeremiah handles it. Perfect. Jeremy, I appreciate it. This is Jeremy Werner with Illini Inquirer. We're going to go ahead and put a link in to his website in our bio. You know, go subscribe. Great content, especially this time of the year with everything. Jeremy, thanks for taking a couple minutes and talking to us. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. All right, take care.